0: There's no problem too big
1: or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today.
0: Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Michael Church. Mike is the executive director of the Sigma Chi fraternity. Centurion and I have been meaning to talk about Greek life on the show for some time now, as he is a member of Delta Upsilon and IMA Sigma Chi. The fraternity experience has played a very important role in both of our lives and continues to do so. We had a great conversation with Mike that went from the current state of Greek life here in the United States to why a young man would join a fraternity, how universities benefit from having fraternities on their campuses, and how a new student should decide whether or not to join a fraternity and which one to choose you can find out more about mike and what he's working on at SigmaChi.org, and i definitely encourage you to check it out if you'd like any additional information or have questions or comments click contact us in the show notes and we'll get you what you need thanks as always for listening remember to tell a friend that's enough about that let's go Well, let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor.
1: Hello, folks.
0: Helping us move from awareness to action today is Michael Church, the Executive Director of the Sigma Chi Fraternity. Welcome, Mike.
1: Thank you, George. Thank you, Centauri. appreciate it.
0: Centauri, what was your favorite part about being in a fraternity during college?
1: Oh, man. My favorite part about being in a fraternity. I would say... I think it was actually, and I think about this all the time, having people around all the time that you could just shoot the shit with, uh, problem solve with, just be there. So you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you're writing a paper, and you can just walk to the next room and say, all right, I need a distraction, let's do something, let's watch TV, let's talk, let's do whatever it is. And having access to just quality people all the time is something that I I value a lot and uh, I I truly miss.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Well, this is such an interesting time because I think that we're very much in need of men and women who live the values that are taught by fraternities and sororities, but at the same time, we're dealing with the, tra- the tragic death of Timi- Timothy Piazza at Penn State. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on the current state of Greek life?
1: Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time for us that, that certainly requires a lot of reflection by uh, by everyone involved. Um I think it's, it's, it's important to remember that this is, that this is one incident, uh, indicative of one chapter on one campus uh, across a spectrum of 500 campuses where fraternities are represented in North America and uh, hundreds of thousands of young men who are involved in fraternities. So I, I, I want to be careful with um, you know, extrapolating the Timothy Piazza situation to the entire industry. Uh, But I do want to say that that what happened at uh, Penn State in the Beta Theta Pi chapter there uh, that ultimately resulted in the death of of Timothy Piazza was uh, a failure at at the human level. Uh, And and there were so many moments that could have, uh, where where young men could have stepped forward and uh, intervened and and prevented that tragedy from, from taking place. Some of it is paternity-related, but a lot of it is just human. It's at, at the core of what it means to be a human being, to take care of another human being when there is injury involved or, or where there is uh, life safety issues at play. Um, I think that the state of the, of the entire paternity system is an involving one. And uh, you know, my role as executive director of Sigma Chi is to really see Sigma Chi at the 50,000-foot level, uh, but also I, I have the opportunity to work with some of my counterparts in, in uh, our, our partner fraternities. And there, is, there are so many good people at the table trying to come up with good solutions uh, to help with the development of young men and, uh, and, and, and give them an opportunity to learn life skills, to learn uh, leadership skills, um, and to promote all the, all the positive things that, that fraternities do. But we have to recognize that uh, what we're doing uh, isn't 100% successful yet. And I think if you talk to some of the, uh, some of the world's experts in terms of uh, organizational efficiency and uh, achieving a level of, um, of excellence, you're looking at 97, 98 that's, that's the, percent, that's the benchmark. If you can do something 97, 98 percent of the time and be successful, then your organization is being successful. Two to three percent failure rate should be okay. Now, one death is never going to be okay, but a two to three percent failure rate is going to happen when you're involving people. And I like to say, that we're in the business of people and people are inherently unpredictable. Our job is to mitigate those damages as much as possible. So the short answer to your question, George, I would say the fraternity experience is evolving. And, uh, and, and it's evolving in a very fast and very rapid way. And, this, and the death of Timothy Piazza at Penn State has only accelerated that conversation. It was already evolving, and, and now it's just a question of how fast can we go? How fast can we move uh, to really make a difference in the lives of the young men? And, Mike, do you have um, data or maybe any even anecdotal evidence to say that it's moving in the right direction as compared to decades before, uh, you think about things like animal house and looking to where fraternities are now. Is there, a, is there a push in the right direction or is there no data to support that? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people look at fraternities, uh, uh and, and, and I think the public uh, viewpoint is that fraternities are these, uh, wild organizations that, um, Operate behind closed doors, and there's no transparency, and there's no accountability, uh, and and uh, and there's this "lord of the flag mentality. The reality: I was sitting recently in a um, in a conversation uh, amongst my peers. There were four groups represented, and we said, "How are you holding your men accountable?" And we talked about education, and we talked about advanced education, and, and trying to get to uh, a compliance level. How are we ensuring that every member every year understands? the expectations and standards of the organization, and, and we're doing some good things. We have, we have some things that we need to improve upon. But then we got to the conversation on the back end, which was accountability, which was after an event has taken place, what have we done? Uh, and the long and short of it is, of the four organizations, we've closed to more than 100 chapters in the last five years. So what that means is these organizations, the, the international fraternity organizations, take these matters seriously. And the, the conversation is absolutely changing in terms of... Um, the young men and their expectations, their understanding of the expectations of being a fraternity man these days, because the examples are being set for them, uh, that this type of conduct is unacceptable, this type of conduct is, un- is unacceptable. And when you engage in this activity, this is what's going to happen. And so I think that the, the, if you're looking for specific statistics on, how, on, on student experience and all that, I don't think any of that exists. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, either pro or con. I don't think anybody has as valid statistics one way or the other, but I will tell you that uh, there's, a, there's a significant change in the tone of the conversation with students today uh, on, on all the levels uh, of, of as it relates to student conduct. Um, so this is one, one uh, that conversation is just one example of how the international organizations, all of the, uh, the fraternities, that is, uh, are, are changing the paradigm by holding students accountable and using them as examples.
0: So when you talk about changing the paradigm, do you think that that hazing is the biggest threat to the Greek world today? Is it alcohol? Is it hazing and alcohol? Is it something else?
1: I, I think it's deeper than that. Um, I, I would say uh, the, the, the most on the surface level, it's alcohol. Um, the... Uh, and it's not and it's not that's not a fratern, fraternity centric concern it is a society concern I think uh, particularly in in America we have a we have a cultural problem with alcohol and the overconsumption of it um, and that and that permeates on the college campus and that permeates in the fraternity experience um, but I, I, I so I would say that the biggest threat to the to the fraternity experience uh, in and of itself is well, it's cognitive dissonance and it's it's uh, it Cognitive dissonance is an outgrowth of uh, groupthink mentality, right? And I, and I think uh, there's data that, that exists, and I, and I don't have the, the statistics directly in front of me, but it's it's it is frightening data that was that research was done uh, of high school students involved in groups in their high schools, uh, and they were asked whether they've ever experienced any form of hazing, and the, the percentage of students who've experienced hazing in high school. Is frightening, and then they're coming to college already being predisposed to, to having experienced hazing. But I will say this: hazing is uh, is is by and large unacceptable. Uh, but from today's students who are in Greek life, uh, now there's obvious uh, ex- exceptions to that to that statement. Uh, but hazing in and of itself has been decreasing in both in terms of severity and frequency over the last two decades. Um, The biggest threat in terms of health and safety is alcohol and the the prevalence of alcohol in our society. But the biggest underlying threat to that is the cognitive dissonance, which is these young men were raised, right? They were generally raised by good parents with good moral backgrounds. And then they come to college campus and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday happens. And they make bad decisions. They've always made bad decisions. But the presence of, of alcohol and the extent of alcohol these days... Is making that so much more worse. you're exaggerating the problem. Um, so I don't know that there is an easy answer to that question. Uh, there's a lot of problems, but I think the, the theoretical answer is the cognitive dissonance that is permeating our students. And Mike, do you feel that um, do you feel that the onus then is on the fraternity, the the university, the parents, or is it a, a, all three coming together and having a, a frank discussion about what's actually happening? What do you think they where do you think the buck stops? I think it's across the board. I think the fraternity has to own part of it. We are—I mean, I, I know in Sigma Chi we're doing this. Uh, we're having very frank discussions. We have a revolutionary uh, onboarding member onboarding program called Preparation for Brotherhood that, that tackles these issues head on with each individual member on their time and in their way. Uh, and then they have those conversations as a group, and then they have those conversations as a chapter. Um, I think the parents have to be involved in this. Uh, Certain, you know, I was just reading. I was just reading a book about the uh, uh, the millennial generation and the parenting styles uh, of of millennial generation, and uh, it's enlightening. You know, just to, just to think about the, the difference in terms of the way millennials have been raised versus their previous generation counterparts, and and the and the, and the presence of the the parent in the in the lifestyle of the millennial student as they as they come up, and certainly now Generation Z as they enter as they enter school. Um, so, I think absolutely the parents need to be part of it. I think we we have uh, as a society um, started to erode the uh, the expectation of a young man and when he's going to become an adult. Uh, you know, previously 18 was the was the mark. You know, this you're 18 years old, you're going to be an adult now, and now go act like an adult. It's it's almost now I, uh, college has become an extension of high school, and so uh, there's the concept of in loco parentes, right? Of who's a, who's the parent now? Now that the parent is not physically present. Uh, And that seems to be making a a resurgence in our in our colleges. But I think the 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 problem with with uh, with that particular element is is broader than that. And I think society's sort of passive endorsement of it over the past couple of decades of sort of that boys will be boys mentality is not. We're not seeing the whiplash effect today. With it's just not acceptable anymore. And I think everybody needs to be part of that conversation.
0: So. Am I hearing you correctly that you're blaming millennials for all the problems? Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, frankly, I have a lot of millennials that, that uh, work at, at our international <laughs> headquarters. They're fabulous, students. They're creative. They bring awesome ideas to the table. They're energetic. They're uh, optimistic about the future. They're all that, all that good stuff. But, you know, they, they come with a little bit of a different approach, you know, in, in terms of, you know, just, just being exposed to uh, society in a, in a different way than, you know. I'm I'm on the I'm on the I guess I'm am a tweener is what they call me or something like that I, you know I'm a, I'm between Generation X and, and the Millennial I'm the oldest end of the Millennial spectrum so I have some Millennial traits and I have some Generation X traits but it's really funny that you know you know to, to, to read the science about Millennials and how they're so tech savvy and all this stuff uh, and, <laughs> and you know are you, are you Millennial bashing I'm actually not Millennial bashing I love Millennials they're fabulous they, they've done uh, wonders for me <laughs> it's that's professional. funny. They do great things in our, in our in our sector, but they just present different kinds of challenges today than we've ever been exposed to before. And and so we as organizations need to be flexible enough to adapt to, to that, so that we can uh, stay abreast of it.
0: Well, there you go. We as organizations need to be flexible. I I, I like that to to make sure that Centauri's happy. Like perfect. George, <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: not that much older than me. Like you get that right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, Mike, for obviously the three of us are Greek um, and it's been a very, very important part of our lives and we understand and appreciate the value of it. For folks that are listening that maybe only view fraternities and the negative aspects of it, from your perspective, what is the value and why would a young man join a fraternity if they were just going to college right now?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think what Centauri said in his opening comments about uh, his favorite part about being in a fraternity has always been the best thing that fraternities offer. Uh, and it still is today. Even after uh, all of this uh, extra, all this extra layers that have sort of evolved over the years that fraternities have, have turned into it's leadership, leadership education, uh, leadership development and educational development. Um, I think the best thing about joining a fraternity today is still, ha- is joining a group of men who are uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, all in the same place that you are in life. And it's a support network for you uh, to join. And and and, uh, and I think, you know, there are certainly some, some cases where, where students go to school and it's there's a 600-person campus, 700-person campus, and everybody knows everybody. And maybe the support network's... Uh, are, 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 are much smaller on that campus than they are elsewhere but you walk into a campus these days of 40,000 50,000 students you, you get lost you know you're just a, you're, you're, you're a, a grain of sand on the beach and, and you, you need to find a network a community to, to operate in that, that can help benefit you as a person and, and develop you as a person and so I think I think this, the same that, that concept is as true today as it ever has been um and, and and I think you know you layer on top of that all the great things that paternians are, are, are teaching young men uh, from the philosophical uh, level. How do you how do you square uh, who you are as a person with with some of the with some of the theories that underpin uh, what we teach? Uh, how do you how do you take what your parents taught you, you know, from a, from a morality standpoint and apply that? Uh, and then you know, there's of course all of the. Uh, I, I like to call each one of our chapters sort of leadership laboratory, right? And uh, we tell our young men, you'll get out of this experience what you put into it. If you really want to go for leadership positions, and you want you want to uh, you know go for the, the presidency or the vice presidency or what have you, what you will get is is a, is a real laboratory experience of how do you how do you work with other people and influence other people. To make progress towards a common end, and that's not an experience you can get anywhere else. You can't get that in the classroom, uh, and so I think that there's that that educational experience of all the soft skills that you've learned by joining a fraternity that, that have frankly always been there, but now that now they're just um, they're just expounded upon by all the the new leadership theories that underpin them.
0: Yeah, I certainly agree with everything that that that, that you said. Um, something that that. been really resonating with me as of late as i look back on my undergraduate experience was the kind of conversations that you have that the fraternity teaches us talking about different values and obviously young people come to college with values that their parents instilled in them or perhaps they come from a religious background and this is then an opportunity to sit down with their peers who are at the same stage of their life and have conversations that I don't think that they'd necessarily be having unless they were part of a fraternity or a sorority. So looking back, I think that that's one of the most important takeaways that I have.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. And, and I would say even today, uh, you know, all the all the research and statistics that are coming forward about the mental health uh, of our students and and, the, and their overall wellness, I mean, we're, we're looking at in a situation where we have um, – uh, the, the number of students who walk into a, uh, a facility on campus asking for some form of assistance is skyrocketing, and, and there's not enough support on a campus to, to help that. So maybe there's a first layer of defense, which is their best friends, the people that they're that they're able to have conversations with, and say, "Hey, look, I'm really struggling in this area. My girlfriend just broke up with me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm depressed. Help me out." Uh, you know, Sigma Chi has a partnership with um, with the Jed Foundation and we're launching some mental health curriculum that's, that's aimed to be proactive and, and we're going to require every young man to go through it every year so that they understand the tri- you know, uh, triggers and, and, and warning signs of mental health and, depre- and depression and things of that sort uh, we also have a Lifeline um, a, a program that's 24-7 get on the phone and talk to somebody uh, but even all of those resources aren't going to be as effective as a person sitting down across the table from somebody, or you know, next to somebody that they trust and they know and they love, and they say, "I have, I need help," right? And that's what I think. That's what I think that that idea of brotherhood is. That's when it's most effective. It's when two people who care about each other sit sit together and you know, not to use a pun here, but figure it out, right?
0: Nice, <laughs> I think nice. That,
1: right? I think I think that's the essence of what fraternity is, and I think that's the real value behind it. Mike, right, okay, bro- and you may know about this. This program, I was fortunate enough to go to a a small school that deeply cared about Greek life, and they implemented this policy called GEAR, which was Greek Educators, Advocates, and Resources that um, helped connect resources within fraternities and sororities. So you'd have a specific person in your fraternity that you would go and talk to, that you trusted to talk to about those issues. So I'm glad that more and more institutions and fraternities are being intentional about connecting people where they would – the most vulnerable and most, most trustworthy, which is their their brothers and sisters, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of different uh, variations on that, but I, I've heard of that that similar concept, not necessarily in that acronym, but uh, in a lot of different uh, similar concepts, both from uh, you know fraternities instituting you know a formal position for that, or or the university requiring that, or something like that. But I think the idea is is sound, and, and I think it's a, it's a fabulous one.
0: So if uh, just take kind of a a similar similar question but from a parent's perspective and also from a university or college's perspective why would I want my kid to be joining a fraternity and why would I want a fraternity to be on my campus yeah
1: I think that's I think that's a a that's the que- that's the, the million dollar question that, that I think we face today in the, in the wake of the death of Timothy Piazza and, and other uh, similar situations. And 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 uh, what I would say in response is, um, fraternities, uh, the value that they can uh, produce for a young man is uh, is immeasurable. And I think, you know, I, I would say go talk to a parent of a. Of a, of a of a, uh, a the young man whose life has been forever changed in a really positive way about the fraternity experience and, and ask them what they've seen uh, their son uh, evolve into. If I can sit here today, and I can, I, I'll go on for hours about the benefits of, of fraternity, um, but if I'm speaking directly to a parent, what I say is uh, your son has an opportunity to join a network of 250,000 living souls, living men who believe that if we work together, we can create a better world. That's the nature of what Sigma Chi is. And I know that's, that's the nature of what every other fraternity is. And that's how we were all founded. Uh, and, and those principles are, are truer today than, than they ever have been. Uh, is there a risk to joining a fraternity? Well, yeah, you saw it play out in, 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 uh, in the Penn State case with Timothy Piazza and, and everything else. What I would say is talk to your son have a hard conversation with your son to say, are you willing to stand up and decline to participate in the kinds of activities that you see portrayed in the media? Because where it comes down, no matter how much education, how how much hard work we can do, we have to get to the hearts and minds of every single person who decides to join a fraternity. And when they collectively decide that we're not going to engage in those kinds of activities that are demeaning or distasteful to being, to another human being, that's when they go away. That's when the binge drinking stops, that's when the hazing stops, that's when everything else stops. Our job on in, in the international fraternity level is, is to promote that conversation, but their job is to take that lesson and to enact it. So that's what I would say to, uh, to the parents, you know, is, is have the hard conversation with your son. There is huge value in joining a fraternity, absolutely huge value. Um, but it's not right for everyone. And if if that particular young man doesn't have the courage uh, or the, or the fortitude that it takes to to stand up to his friends and say, Hey, look, I know you want me to go out and drink with you on on Thursday night. I'm not 21 years old. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'd rather study. That's the kind of young man that needs to be in a fraternity. If he he doesn't have that ability, then he probably shouldn't belong in a fraternity. Uh, But there are so many good young men out there who need this experience. And if, they're, if, they, if they join for the right reasons, then I think that th- they will absolutely have a home uh, in, in any fraternity that they choose. Um, and where we belong on campuses, I, frankly, I think it's a co-educational experience that you learn things in a fraternity that you cannot learn in the classroom. You know, you, you can do all the small group discussion and all the small group work you want. You will never learn the life skills and the life lessons that you learn in a an fraternity. And that's uh, hard conversations, that's leadership lessons. That's um, the the ability to to uh, uh, work with different people who think differently about a different subject and uh, and convince them to go a certain direction because you're you're um, different different ideas to come to the same solution kind of thing. So I think there's so many there's so many positive benefits on how fraternities can fit into uh, the campus community, and there's and, and there's there's no doubt that have created for years for decades, for centuries have created uh, or at least contributed to significantly the leadership potential and the leadership skills of men who've come out of them and gone on into the business and civic or, or community world
0: and and, uh, and and taken our world to a different place. Excellent. I know that, that we're going to wrap things up here in just a couple of minutes. I wanted to get your advice on if if, um, if, if I were a freshman, if I were 17, 18 years old, going to be going to start my freshman year in the university here in the fall, and I was curious about the Greek system, what would you encourage me to do? Think critically and, and, and make a good decision. Um, you know, I think, you know, as I, as I kind of talked about uh,
1: uh, before, it's, it's, there is a path for everyone in life that is good for them, and, and, and there's a path that is not good for them. Uh, I think thinking about uh, why you want to join a fraternity uh, is, is, the, is the first question that every young man needs to ask themselves. Do I want to join a fraternity because uh, this particular group over here uh, gets the cutest girls to come and, and hang out at their, at their house? Or do I want to join a fraternity because I'm looking for, I'm looking to associate myself with men who will make me a better man? And if you're looking for the latter, I think there's a home for you. If, there's, if you're looking for the former, you can get that on any college campus across the country anywhere you, anywhere you go. Uh, you, can, you can find a social scene. Don't need fraternities to do it. But if you're looking for a fraternity to help you become a better man, there are lots of good options out there. And then it's a question of which organization fits for you and each organization stands for a little bit little bit different things, and they each have a little bit different take on how they uh, work work with their young men, and help them uh, figure it out in, in life and figure out the path in life. Um, and, and so it, then it's a question of
0: just uh, figuring which one is like is right for them. Uh, but the best advice I can give is think critically about it. Excellent. Centauri, what have we forgotten to talk about?
1: I think the only thing, um, you touched on a little bit, but it's really... Uh, one of the things that I also would have said would have been the lifelong friendships and relationships. So you think about all the people that you went to college with, but who are you still talking to who are the people that you check in daily, weekly, monthly? And it's you know it's my fraternity brothers. And I think one of the things that I would tell someone going into Greek is that you have you have friends for life and friends that have known you from a very young age when you were maybe at your worst, at your best, but they, they are people who've known you when you're, when you're most vulnerable and they are the people most likely to stick around for the long haul. And so that would be a plus for joining uh, any
0: Greek organization and having that brotherhood. It's really, um, a lifelong experience. Excellent. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share or get off your chest?
1: No, I, I you know, Jim, I really appreciate, uh, the opportunity and, and, uh, this has been fun. Uh, you know, I tell you that, that uh, we are, uh, we are working really, really hard, um, yeah, you know, a lot of lot of long nights, long days, and sleepless nights um, spent trying to trying to uh, come up with a plan that uh, um, turns fraternities back into, uh, at least in everyone's from everyone's perception, what they were create, what they were originally intended and created to do, which is take good men, make them uh, help them figure out how to be better men, and then send them out and go change the world. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I think today's challenges in, in our in our society are so prevalent. Uh, you know, we're, we live in the age of instant information, and, and you know, the concept of fraternity is not instant. It is a, it is a process of, of evolving a human being into, into something into their best version, right? And so, we we, we, we fight that challenge every day, and and uh, we're working on it. And hey, we, we need uh, if, if if anybody's got better ideas, we welcome them. We're open. <laughs> I think we're, the whole fraternity industry is at in, is in an inflection point, uh, and I think we're about to see some evolutionary things come forward uh, in the course of the next couple of years. So, but I, I really appreciate the time on, on that, uh, that that you enabled me to jump on with you, and, and it was a lot of fun. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, brother. I definitely appreciate your time and definitely appreciate all your hard work. So. <laughs> Indeed. All right. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show, leave a review, tell a friend, and as always, keep struggling because of str- <laughs> keep questioning because the struggle is real.